This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hi, this is Roseanne, host of California Dreaming, a podcast that brings you true crime tales from the Golden State, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if you're joining us for the first time, we'd like to welcome you to episode number 51. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and we are coming off a massive weekend of wrestling with the Royal Rumble, TakeOver Philadelphia, New Japan's New Beginning, Sapporo, and more in our rear view. And you know there had to be fallout from all this stuff. we got to get into that this week on our show when we talk about Raw, SmackDown, and all of the rest. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but first, before we get into that, I want to invite everybody to come join us on Facebook at the Busted Wide Open Discussion Group. We hang out there all the time. You can also find us on Twitter, live-tweeting some of the shows every week at BWO Podcast. Head on over there, give us a follow, come chat with us uh, during the live shows. And if you please on your podcast app of choice, iTunes or whatever you're on, on, on the Android, please hit that subscribe button. Give us a like, uh, give us a review, give us five stars. If you feel we deserve it. Give us feedback and commentary on what you think we should be doing on our show. What you'd like to hear. We love hearing what you have to say. Absolutely. Well, Ian, let's dive right in. We have got a ton to talk about. There was some big news that happened at the end of the rumble that we need to talk about first. So let's head over and talk about the big news. So obviously the biggest news that happened in WWE this week is that Ronda Rousey has officially signed for with WWE. Now, when I say officially signed, I from what we know right now, it's a handshake deal. She had an interview after the Royal Rumble on Sunday where she said nothing has been signed yet, but she is going to be doing a multi-year deal uh, and she's going she's gonna to be her life now, as she put it. So she is officially a WWE superstar. In what capacity, if she'll be on the road with them, how many appearances she'll be having, uh, if she's on Raw or SmackDown, all stuff we don't know yet, but we do know that she is now with WWE officially. Mm, so now we've got two like really big worldwide superstars from UFC that have crossed over into WWE. And specifically, when you say worldwide superstars, the, the biggest draws that UFC ever had, the biggest buy rate they ever had was Brock Lesnar and uh, and Ronda Rousey on their, their respective UFC shows. So yeah, they've got the two biggest people from UFC now. And in addition, as, as Ronda indicated somewhat cryptically on the Royal Rumble, she's going to be doing something at WrestleMania. What that is yet... We don't know if it's going to be a match with Charlotte Flair, if it's going to be a, a, a tag match with 
her and somebody versus Triple H and Stephanie or what it's going to be. We don't know. All we know is that Ronda is officially in the WWE. Now, that did have some fallout. Uh, there were some rather, mm, I don't want to say disparaging, but definitely some some commentary from some of the current WWE women superstars uh, on social media and in, interview, in, in interviews uh, saying that they weren't happy, not even necessarily, not necessarily with Ronda as a person, but how she was debuted. Uh, Nikki Bella uh, said something specifically about how she did not like the fact that after this match, which all these women had been spending their whole careers building towards, essentially, and this was a huge moment for them, Ronda kind of came out and stole the spotlight at the end. She wasn't happy about that. She thought she, sh- she should have debuted on Raw or SmackDown the I night one- after. I 100% agree with her. I tend to as well. Uh, Sasha Banks also in, in an interview was asked on the uh, Busted Open podcast, the podcast that owes us money, uh, cease and desist letter on the way. Uh, they, she said on that show, Sasha Banks said on that show that she did not have anything good to say. So she wasn't going to say anything at all about Ronda Rousey. Uh, Hmm. now again, can't say it's not a work, uh, but at the same time there was, and Nia Jax also had some stuff to say. So this, there was obviously a little bit of disgruntlement going on. Natalia also had an interview where she addressed this. She came down the other side and said, look, Everyone in the locker room loves Rhonda. You know, she's an old friend of Natalia's. They've been they've known each other for a while. Natty says, "Look, everyone loves her. She's going to get along just fine with everybody." A lot of some people are not happy with how she debuted, but that's all going to be water under the bridge soon. So that's the current state of things with Ronda Rousey, as far as we know. Well, another big announcement that happened this week, the Dudley boys, the Dudley boys are going to be joining Goldberg as the number two entrant into this year's Hall of Fame for 2018. And I got to say, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. You know, we were talking about this before the show. The Dudleys were one of the first ones that I can remember going back to even before I got really into the Attitude Era stuff in WWE. Of course, I knew about old NWA and stuff like that from the 80s and 90s. But ECW is one of the things that really hooked me into wrestling. And shortly thereafter, the Monday Night Wars and uh, the Attitude Era stuff going on. The late 90s of wrestling for me was kind of where I I got started with everything. So these guys hold a special place. And there were there were not many people that were bigger in ECW than the Dudley Boys. And then when they crossed over and came to WWE, they ran shit in the tag division in WWE for a number of years. Yeah, a, a monolithic in the tag team in the history of tag teams, I, I would say it would be a good word for the Dudley Boys. You know, you cannot overstate how important they were to ECW, how much heat they got. In ECW, uh, people forget, and I don't know if they'll show in any kind of video package for the for the Dudleys for the Hall of Fame, if they'll show exactly the kind of response the Dudleys were getting at that time. They almost caused riots on several occasions. They were so hated and they were so good at being hated. And it was not PC and it was not PG how they did it. Uh, and, you know, however you think about that, the, the point of the matter is, is they got themselves over uh, by doing it their way. And then, as you said, even once they got to the WWE uh, F at the time, they then became huge in the WWF because of how talented they were and how, what a good, good, a good team they were, all the things that you could do with them, multi, multi, like double digit time tag team champions, uh, and also involved in those legendary tables, ladders, and chairs matches with the Hardys and Edge and Christian, which we now have a pay per view for. Yeah. Oh no, they're, they're responsible for that. I don't know if any uh, many people know that that was started off the back of their whole tables thing. Yep. Absolutely. So they, they were the tables <laughs> in tables, ladders, and chairs. Yes. 
So no, it's absolutely you cannot you cannot overstate the importance of the Dudley Boys. Absolutely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. You saw them come in a, a year or two ago and have a nostalgia run in WWE, put over some guys. You had them go back out to the Indies and have their final run there, and they've all retired. And now uh, Bubba Ray um, is now on the Busted Open podcast that I just referenced. He's right. one of the hosts on Sirius, so that's become part of his thing now too. So no, absolutely agree. Dudley should be in the Hall of Fame, and congratulations to them. There's one other thing that we have to talk about that happened outside of the WWE, but we're specifically going to save that until we get to the New Japan section at the end of the show as we normally have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we don't. We're not going to talk about it right now. It's it, I, I consider it big news, but I do want to... It's, it's such... It's so wrapped up in everything else that's going on in New Japan. That's going to be its own section at the end. So we will talk about the big news out of New Japan at the end of the show. But right now, let's get into Monday Night Raw. Well, somehow, some way, we lost Booker T, and I don't think anybody's really that upset about it. I'm a little upset. Well, you know, let's be clear. He is fantastic as a trainer, and what he's doing for the young up-and-comers in the Performance Center, in the Training Center in Orlando. Fantastic. Is he working in Orlando? From what I understand, he he's still doing training. He's been part huh. of Tough Enough for X number of years, however long they've been running that program. So for him to come out on commentary at some point last year or two years ago was a little bit shocking to me, and I wasn't really sure why. It's... It, he certainly had his moments of him bickering with Corey and stuff oh, like that. Oh, so entertaining. I, I disagree. Oh, I, just, I was, was always, eh. always, I was always, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to defend him because a lot of times what he was saying was complete gobbledygook and yeah. made no sense and had no logical through line and was not good commentary, but my God, it was entertaining and him and Corey going back and forth and making each other laugh was just constant gold to me. And for him to go out on one of his last things he did is pushing Michael Cole in the way of a rampaging Braun Strowman. Yes. Was, in my opinion, that was a great swan song <laughs> moment for Booker. Um, I personally speculate that one of the reasons he's no longer commentating is not necessarily because they wanted to replace him per se, but I do know that like Kane, he's also running for mayor, I believe of Houston. Yeah. Uh, so I think he might be doing that. He's spending more time doing that. He will be back on the pre-shows for the pay-per-views, so we'll get more shucky-ducky quack-quack out of the Booker Man on those. But not to be outdone, the coach is back. Yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Coachman, Coachman returns to yes. commentary duties on Monday Night Raw. The Joe Buck of the WWE is back. <laughs> I said it. I'm not. I'm not terribly happy Ooh. about it. Maybe. Maybe he has. Maybe he has something to bring that I haven't seen yet. That on this show he did not. He did not. Eh, it felt like the old coach in the show where he's just. He he just is cardboard. He makes Byron Saxton look like gold by comparison. Yeah. It's just uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll maybe he'll grow back into this role. But to me, it just feels like another Michael Cole. Oh, okay. It does. Thank <laughs> God we still have Corey up there, man. Oh, but Cor I, I'm telling you guys, I've been saying it for months. Tom Phillips and Corey Graves are the Goldilocks. They're the future. They are. They are gonna be the long term pair, and it's just a matter of time until Cole so. gets old enough and too long in the tooth. And we're there. We've been there for a while. It's just a matter of time. To to clarify, all respect to Cole. The guy's been doing it for a long time, and he did call my favorite Monday Night Raw match of all time, which is Mick Foley winning the championship on January fourth, nineteen ninety eight. Twenty seven years, if I'm not mistaken. I'm doing quick math. He's he's been involved in the WWE. He started out with the frosted tips doing backstage. Oh, dear God. With yes. The Rock. Remember oh, that? oh, man. <laughs> 
Well, hey, we're on the road to eliminate because we always got to be on a road at the first part of the year. We're road to WrestleMania through the fast lane. We're over always the road on a road to some pay-per-view, but we're on a road to Elimination Chamber now. Yes, the Women's Elimination Chamber match got announced. If you remember, we've been talking about the for women's first things for the for the year, and I think until we get to back to Money in the Bank in June, we're going to have a lot of more, a lot more of these, first a lot more women's. hashtag Women's uh, Evolution stuff. Right. Yeah, yep. exactly. Now Stephanie came out the top of the show and put herself over for being. One of the people who's at the forefront of the women's evolution, and right. you know oh, that's that's great, Stephanie. Thanks for thanks for helping all the women out in the two thousands when they were doing pillow fights and mud matches. Right. Way to go! No, th- yeah, we, th- this is exciting. We are having two elimination chamber matches now, a men's and a women's. We've heard nothing about how the women's is going to work or who's in it, uh, so we can't really speculate about that. There's only so many women they're working with, so it'll be interesting to see who they finally nail down as being in this match and what's at stake there. Um, so we'll get to that, but we did start having some of the build for the men's elimination chamber matches. We had, we had three matches this evening on raw that, uh, each one, the winner would be in the elimination chamber. The first one of which was a Braun Strowman versus Kane again, but this one was a last man standing match. And, uh, literally, as as you can expect with the monster among men, something got flipped over, something big and heavy got flipped over. And in this particular instance, it was the entire part of the stage where the announce table's on. And he buried Kane underneath both the stage and the commentary desk. Yeah, this was a well-done spot. I, you could see how Kane could have it flip without actually dying. Right. Uh, it, was, it, it, was a, it was a good job. It looked very impressive. I'm actually... So, obviously, there was some sort of rigging going on with the truck and the ambulance and whatnot because that's not physically possible. This one... I think he might have actually done it. I don't. I don't think this was rigged. Like that looked. It looked impressive as hell. There, all the cables were hanging off of it, and it just. It looked like he just went up there and did it. Yep. You that, know, it was. If, there, if it was rigged, they did a damn good job rigging it. Because I don't. Uh, I the, didn't the, see the. The question for me comes in is like, was this kind of a hot shot on his part of just doing it? No. Was this like part of the plan? The oh, it's absolutely. You saw Kane rolling to the right position before. Okay. It was. They definitely this was going to happen. Okay. Which, which, but just, but that's great because it, it is that old fashioned chaos that you know and destruction that it's always fun to see on a wrestling show. And I appreciated how funny it was for the rest of the show to have the commentary team not really know where to sit, yeah. kind of like sitting outside the timekeeper's area until they got him another table at ringside and then right. kind of being squished in down there like. Oh, well, we'd be sitting up on the stage, but Braun blew up the stage again. By the way, uh, real quick aside, did you happen to notice when you were watching the Royal Rumble, the table, the commentary tables all got destroyed at a certain point, and they put back together the, the Michael Cole table, but all the other guys... Spanish announced team the and German announced team. They just had to sit in their chairs without a table the whole time? Yep. Uh, okay, I, th- I just thought that was a funny moment. Anyway, uh, I want to say something about Kane, if I can, really quick. Um, we've. I, I hope... I hope, Big Red Machine, that this was kind of your last ride, uh, to say it in the most eloquent way I possibly can. This was a great way for you to go out to, dare I say, be defeated. Um, You have had a really long run, and there was some fun times there where you were corporate Kane, and we thought that that was going to be kind of done. a lot of fun times. We can run down Kane's Kane's history and find so many good, I mean, so many really bad ones, too. He's been in some of the best angles of all time and some of the worst angles of all time old glenn jacobs stuff from smoky mountain all the way to today uh from the 80s till now it, it, you have had a great run but man you just you're just not there anymore brother you, you just can't keep up with the likes of a braun Strowman. and it's without your pyro without your gimmicks that made you the big red machine i just i feel like i i can't get behind it much anymore but i have to respect the legacy of kane it, he has done so much that's a good game yeah it, it just bravo well done Let's move on. 
I guess is the nice way I want to say it. But we did hear later after he was carted off in an ambulance at the hospital that he did, in fact, sit up. Yes, and much like the legacy of Kane, uh, Braun Strowman has turned into the Reaver of Souls, if you will. Yes, and, uh, well done, uh, sir. Well, that was still kind of awkward, but whatever. I had to throw that reference in there because I'm a nerd. But uh, yeah, no, Braun Strowman has now seemingly put Kane out on the shelf. Hopefully Kane stays on the shelf, goes and does his mayoral, mayoral, mayoral run. That's not an easy word to say. Hopefully he goes and does his mayoral run and does well and maybe becomes mayor and then comes back every once in a while. I think he's got a couple more matches in him, but uh, I don't think he should be in a, such a big angle and such a big spot as he has over the last yeah. month or two. Title picture? No. no, no, I think I think that was it for the title picture for him. Uh, speaking of title picture, uh, because the Elimination Chamber is for the number one contendership for the title for the Universal Championship, we had another match tonight that was. Uh, a sort of a repeat of an angle that was started, actually, I would argue, back at Survivor Series, yeah. but then that continued into the Royal Rumble, and that was C- John Cena and Finn Balor having some beef with each other, and they had a Elimination Chamber qualification match in which Cena, uh, after a pretty, uh, I would say, back-and-forth match, Cena ends up uh, defeating Finn Balor, and there's been some salt about this online, about Cena not putting over Finn here, uh, and I, I've, I've actually got... Opinions on both sides of that. I can see why people would be salty. It's kind of like a stop-start push with Finn if you strictly look at this as Finn not beating John Cena. But if you look at the details in this match, he put Finn over pretty strong. Yeah, it, he, Finn kicked out of an AA. He fought back the entire time. Uh, and he it took a super AA. It took an avalanche AA to put Finn away. So he did look strong in this match, even though he didn't get the W here. And in addition, if you look at this, you know, they need to have someone like John Cena in the Elimination Chamber to kind of guide everyone around. They're going to have a whole bunch of new guys. And Cena's been in a ton of Elimination Chambers. So he's probably going to be the shot call in general in the Elimination Chamber. And if it's if it's going to be Finn or John Cena, I understand why they would want Cena in there and put Finn on another track to another feud. So I'm not as mad about this booking as a lot of people online are. I think it actually will, in history, make sense. Well, next up, we had yet another Elimination Chamber match with Woken Matt Hardy facing off against Elias. Boy, was the crowd dead for this match. Nobody gave a shit. No, and the part of this is because they're still in Philly, and that crowd is burnt out at this point of wrestling. (laughs) But it's also because... No one cares about Matt Hardy anymore. Well, here's what I want to say. Yes to that, but at the same time... I, I got to see a vicious side of Elias that we haven't seen since basically he's since he debuted. It's he's been kind of this kind of goofy guitar playing guy, but he would there were some grunts and some vicious hits and kicks that I, I don't want to say stiff, but it felt it looked like he was hitting hard, like he was coming after Matt Hardy. Yeah, and I think that was the point of the matches to make yeah. Elias look more like more of a killer. You know, he hasn't had a ton of wrestling matches; has mostly been his his music spots coming out and. Heating right. up the crowd, so they, I think they needed to show that he, you know, they did have one uh, good one with him against, uh, I believe it was Roman Reigns, and uh, he had a good match with him, a good back and forth, looked pretty strong. But uh, they needed to have a couple more of making him look like a legitimate contender if they're going to put him in the elimination chamber, which they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, off of the distraction from Bray Wyatt on the Tron, Matt fights back, but then Bray distracts him by popping up on the Tron and distraction and then we end with matt hardy staring up at bray laughing on the tron and matt's laughing back and we're back into this feud again Ugh. Ugh. Not, bray, bray and matt laughing at each other yay yeah and they wonder why woke and matt hardy isn't over right 
Well, there we go. Elimination Chamber. We've got three in the books already. I believe there's three more to go with six man, right? That we yep. got to get in there. That's yeah. correct. So we're going to have we're going to have three more matches next week to determine the other three. Um, but instead of speculating on that, which I think at this point would just be masturbatory, Blind, we're going to yeah. go talk about what I thought was the most exciting part of the show, yes. which was, as we said at the top of the show, Stephanie came out and kind of put herself over about how great the Royal, the women's Royal rumble was. And, you know, I'm, I'm part of history and the announced team put her over as part of history. Blah. But, uh, the good part about that was she brought out Oscar to congratulate her and possibly hear who Oscar was going to face. Oscar, by the way, delivered a great promo in Japanese and then turned it around and said, I'm going to be the next champion. Um, to which Sasha Banks, feeling very heel bossish, came out to the ring and challenged Oscar that night and said, I'm going to break your streak right now. Let's do this. And they had a match. And it was spectacular. Welcome back, Sasha Banks. Welcome uh, back, we, the real Sasha we, Banks. We have missed you. Oh. Where have you been all these years? She showed back up at the Royal Rumble, I'll tell you that. Uh, but here's, yeah, they had a slobber knocker of a match. Uh, finally, someone who's not, like, Asuka's not afraid to go stiff with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Asuka's, well Asuka's better when working stiff. Sasha's better when working snug as well. She's got a, she has a history of, of breaking people's noses because she works stiff. <laughs> Those knees, yeah. Um, but, you know, here's, here's the thing. This was a great match, and Sasha had a nasty-looking bump outside where she tried to dry, dive through the ropes. I couldn't tell if it was Asuka timed her kick wrong or Sasha. They were just slightly off on timing, but Sasha I just think crumpled it was, down. Yeah, I think it was her foot. Her toe caught the rope and, and hung her up, and Asuka kicked her at the same time, and she just all but face-planted on the on the floor. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like... Sasha's MO is take nasty bumps. Yeah, just stop doing that <laughs> shit. I mean, it's unnecessary to do those suicides like that. Don't because it was really cool. I don't know. It was <laughs> it was a really nasty bump, and then they get back in the ring and kick the crap out of each other. Just just beat the crap out of each other, and and then it was just yeah, ends up with Oscar uh, tapping her out. I, I've got to go back to Sasha Bailey NXT before I find a women's match that I enjoyed as much as this one. Oscar uh, Ember Moon wasn't uh, up there for no. you, really? No. Oh, I thought Nowhere that was a fantastic close. match. Nowhere close. I thought that was an incredible match. This match was one of the better women's matches I've I've ever seen. Yeah. It, it was fantastic. I would I would argue, and again, I haven't. Uh, to be fair, I haven't done my due diligence. I haven't really gone back and looked at other ones in history. This is definitely for me top five women's matches on Monday Night Raw in, yeah. in history. I mean, like, you'd have to go back to the Trish Stratus days to find oh, another yeah. one that, that gets even close for me. Uh, like a Trish Stratus lead a match, maybe. But this one's definitely, definitely one of the tops. It was fantastic. Hard-hitting, emotional. Ends up with Sasha Banks staring up at the ceiling with a tear running down her cheek. You know what I mean? Beautifully like, shot, too, by oh, the way. Oh, great. Well Which done, is, camera yep. guys, and the director for holding on that because that's that's top shit right there. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, the other thing, last thing I want to say about this is the... Uh, this feels like it's the beginning of what will be a long feud, potentially all the way to Mania. This has the potential to be a really, really good, long-standing feud, potentially spanning years. Sure, uh, these two getting at each other like this, I, I think, is fantastic. They just they just made themselves a money match. Like big anytime time. they're together, it's going to be a money match. For now, people, oh, what are they going to do this time? Yeah, they they just sparked something big to the point where I almost kind of would rather see uh, Sasha with the belt or Oscar with the belt at WrestleMania fighting each other. I frankly. didn't say that out loud because I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I 100% agree with you. That's, Sorry, not, even, that's, Alexa, not, even, that's not a rabbit hole. You. That's just a signpost on the road to <laughs> WrestleMania. Uh, other things we had happen this night, we had an Intercontinental Championship rematch, Roman Reigns versus The Miz. And uh, much like kind of what you have anytime you have a champion with his two stooges, it was a whole bunch of interference. The Miz Taraj jumping up and getting involved. Roman Reigns could not keep up with all the interference, and The Miz retains his IC championship once again. 
Uh, I thought this was absolutely the right decision. Get Roman Reigns off of the IC title. Get him starting to look towards Elimination Chamber. I have a feeling he'll win his match against whoever next week. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if we have another rematch against Miz and Reigns next week, not for the title, but for Elimination Chamber, and Roman gets his win back over the Miz and goes to, to Elimination Chamber by by beating the Miz. I would not be surprised. The Miz retains his belt. Yeah, I, that I would agree. be the elegant way to do it, I think. And, and I th- honestly, I think it comes down to either uh, Reigns or Cena potentially at Elimination Chamber uh, come walking away with that. Well, you know who I'm going to pick on that. Uh, yeah. And I know who you're going to pick on that mistakenly. Yeah. Well, that's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, so next up, I was ex- I'm excited to see the revival on Monday Night Raw again. However, well, uh, they're, they're slumming down with... Uh, sorry, Slater and Rhino. They're slumming down uh, mid-card with Heath Slater and Rhino. <laughs> Uh, Derek is mid card a stretch. You're being know. very generous yeah. by saying that's mid card right now, my man. What in the world? I mean, we finally mid, got mid card is on back. the Hulu edition. This oh, was fine. not. Uh, very well said. We finally got Dash and Dawson back. They survived a Monday Night Raw without getting injured, and we've got to put them up ah. against uh, Slater and Rhino. I, are we babying them to get them back? I mean, they just had two matches with. With the good brothers. Yeah, I, th- I think that it's smart to feed them some wins after after going out so hard to Gallows and Anderson on uh, Raw 25. They got a win in the pre-show on Sunday. They got a win here. So I think that, you know, going forward, they, they look a little stronger and they've got some place to go. Now, where they go is, is definitely something we have to question because Jason Jordan, uh, we now know, has what looks to be a very serious neck injury. He's having grip issues, apparently. Oh, so boy. we don't, yes, yeah, so we don't know how hard, how bad he's injured. And if so, that leaves him and Seth Rollins, you know, out to dry. Uh, I'm sure they'll find something for Seth, but, you know, still he's out. Out, out, out to dry all story and commentary aside neck injuries are no joke i've said that many times please go get better this is it's not worth anything to do with a neck injury and that's and frankly that's one of the hotter angles on monday night raw they created a great character for him i think that you know it'd be a shame if he lost it at this point it'd be right when he's just primed to really go yeah uh i do like one thing they're doing at the revival though and that's making them kind of this these wrestling purists where they don't call themselves sports entertainers they call themselves wrestlers yeah uh, which I could have sworn would have get them get them in trouble backstage, but apparently they're running with it, which is great. They're calling out the crowd, and it's like, oh, everyone here chanting ECW. Why don't you go look at some real old school wrestling? You know what I mean? Like that, just that whole angle, brilliant. Yeah. Because that is what they're they're you know they're the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Like they they're they're looking backwards towards these hard hitting seventies and eighties and and earlier wrestlers, guys who would get in there and use tag team tactics and ring psychology and just you know, beat down brutality to win matches. They didn't have to fly. They didn't have to do all these stunts. They were just in there doing well thought out, well booked wrestling. So I am all about them continuing that. They've been doing that for a while with their all fists, no flips yep. uh, thing. And, and, and they're, they're kind of under the radar feud with the young bucks. So I'm liking the fact that they're, they're, they're being let go into this by creative. Like they're not being stifled in that sense. Well, as excited as I am to see the revival back, uh, we've got new tag team champions. Again, the bar picking up a, a win and get the, another set of titles, another title reign at the Royal Rumble. Uh, they came out to fight Titus worldwide. Yeah. Well, Titus, they've been building up Titus for the, like, and worldwide for the last little bit. Like they've got, they've got some wins. They beat the bar a few times in a row. If you recall, 
So yes. this is this made sense to me to have their first match against the bar, the bar's first post title win to be against a team that has beaten them multiple times in the past couple of months. To me, this was let's see how many spots Apollo Crews can do because uh, let's see how many gymnast spots he can he can do. What's wrong with that? I, I, nothing. I enjoy that. I okay. frankly, I enjoy seeing a, a, the giant jacked man doing these shooting star presses and moon salts and all kinds of stuff. That he should not be able to do. No, he's a freak, and it's amazing. <laughs> I I love it, you know. And 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 Titus, frankly, look, they they make a good pair. It's, he's better than Darren Young with Titus. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. But uh, and I I love the addition of Dana Brooke to this. Like it's it's a good dynamic. There's still there's something missing with them with Titus worldwide. Maybe it's enough wins to make them legit. Like we still know that they're basically just a feeder team, and this was just uh, this was just a match. It didn't really mean anything. So. Yeah, it, I, I don't think this is leading to a serious feud or anything. There didn't seem to be any kind of extra storyline going into this. It was just, it was just there. Well, some of, outside of the storyline, some of this, uh, some other stuff that's involved with Sheamus is he really injured? Uh, have we? Is he? We're going to see a break from him as he heals or as he rests? Uh, and from, the second thing I want to ask is, is he ever going to get his uh, Intercontinental Championship? Well, that's that's a very good question. You know, he posted this week that he is one title away from the full house. Which I think only Edge actually has. I think so for only, the listeners that don't know, what is a full house? A uh, full house is having held every title, every available title in the WWE, uh, plus winning King of the Ring, Royal Rumble, and Money in the Bank. Wow! So he has all of those. Who has done except that? Edge? I believe is the only person who's done it. Wow! Um, so all he's missing is the Intercontinental title and. His team with Cesaro it looks pretty solid. So I don't know if he's ever going to get away and win that sucker. Um, and as, as he reported earlier this year, he's got spinal stenosis. So he's got a very limited amount of time left. There's speculation that he might retire after this. Uh, he's just manning up right now and suffering through it. Like he looks like he's hurt. Like he looks like he's in, in a bit of pain. Uh, sometimes in his last couple of matches, I've noticed him being a little ginger, <laughs> pardon the pun. Uh, wow. but, um, but no, in all seriousness, I, I'm I'm worried about him. I, I think he's manning up, and he might retire after WrestleMania. That's the that's the scuttlebutt, at least. But I really hope that that is not true. He might just take time off, rehab, and come back for another like last run or something. Yeah. Um. But he he's gonna he's forty, I think. He's getting up there, and I don't know I don't know how much he has left in him. It's pretty much up to him at this point. Yeah, that's a good call. Well, hey, we've just got over three weeks left to Elimination Chamber. We know we're going to get three more uh, entrants next week in three more matches, I believe. And then I'm probably setting up the women's match after that, I'd yeah, imagine. Yep. Uh, but hey, let's head over and talk about SmackDown Live. So unsurprisingly, on SmackDown Live, we once again have more of the perennial angle between Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, uh, and then AJ Styles and this week Nakamura and Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Like this whole thing is still going on and percolating. Uh, this week it was uh, Nakamura coming out and celebrating his win at the Royal Rumble uh, saying, yep, I gave everyone a knee to the face and yep. I'm going to go face AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Um, and then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and AJ Styles all getting involved as well. And at the end of it, we have... After it all settles, we have a main event for tonight for the SmackDown with uh, AJ Styles teaming up with Nakamura against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But in the midst of all of this, Daniel Bryan also says, yes, you guys did get screwed on Sunday night, so I will give you guys another shot at the title. But 
It's only going to be one of you, and that will be determined next week when you guys face each other, at which point the cracks in the whole Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn relationship started to show. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to weigh in on this because there's so many different avenues to come in at it. Um, I, Dan, first of all, Daniel Bryan's turning into the goat again. He's letting everything grow, which I'm kind of into. I, I, the big beard and the long hair is coming back. That's he, just because you have that look right now. I know, I, but well, I'm a little bit further ahead of him, but it, you can see it. It's coming back. He's just letting it all grow back. And I'm wondering, I'm trying not to read too much into that, but I'm wondering. We, I, I, ref, I refuse to have any more speculation about Daniel Bryan reentering the ring <laughs> at this point. Like, that's a wait and see thing. If it happens, great. If it's not, I'm not going to get excited about it. Uh, Daniel Bryan backstage with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn when he was naming that match got a little overzealous and he got a little excited uh, and that was fun to see. Uh, I'm not sure if I agree with the teaming up of AJ and Knock right after you announced that they're going to be the main event of WrestleMania. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, no, I li- as, as the feature backdrop of the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn breakup, okay. I didn't know that going in. I didn't know that that was going to be the thing, right? So when they said that at the top of the show, that's where I was going, okay, I, oh, fine. And then it all made sense once they, they started breaking up. Yeah, I, I think by the end of the show, all their decisions ended up making sense. Yeah. If, even if you had questions, by the end of the show where you did have the match, uh, the tag team match, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn just were not on the same page. They kept bickering, yelling at each other. Sami kept, kept threatening to walk out, ends up walking out and, and letting Kevin Owens get beat up at the end of the whole thing. Uh, and Kevin Owens takes the loss, and then at the end, Sami Zayn's interviewed in the back and said, "Look, we're still friends, but you know, I'm going to win next week." Yeah. So they're they're obviously on the outs, and we'll speculate in a second on where that's going to lead to. But to, to your point about AJ and Nakamura, I personally think that's a great idea. Start them off as friends. Start them off on a tag team together, and then you can build in the tension and figure out who's the heel, who's the face, or if they're both faces or whatever going forward. By the time you get to WrestleMania, we got 69 days, 68 days, whatever it is by this point. Uh, till we get there. So we still have a long time to build something between them. Let's start them off being buddies right now. You you even had a little thing backstage at one point in the show where AJ comes up to Nakamura and says, hey, what's the plan tonight? And Nakamura goes, don't worry about the plan. Just listen to me. And AJ Styles goes, what? I, li- I like the fact that Nakamura responds initially by saying, I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. AJ goes, what? He goes, I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. What? He goes, I'm just kidding with you. Just listen to me tonight. And there was like, there's enough playful tension between the two that could escalate into real tension, but we got plenty of time for that. Oh, yeah. And it's just fun to see them work together right now. Well, that fine. That said, I, I agree with most of that. I guess I'm just anxious. I want to see one of them turn on the other one <laughs> after one of these and just knock the other one to the ground, knee to the face. What's the deal with... You need it now. I yes. want it now. I want it now, no, Daddy. just have some patience, damn it, Veruca. Uh, right. What's the deal with Kevin and Sammy going forward? Do we see them? Are, are we going back to their end, the feud at the end of their run of NXT? Are we going to get the apron bomb back? Yeah, I would love to see some more of that. I mean, as dangerous but, as it is, but uh, they had a classic, timeless run breaking up and being against each other. They kind of did it for a while when they first came up to WWE, uh, but now we're seeing it again. Is this 3.0? I'm I'm a little worried that they've kind of overdone the Kevin Owens and Sammy thing um, at this point, and people might be a little burned out on it. I think there's still plenty of room for them to reinvigorate it. Yeah. But how they do that with two heels and a newly heel Sammy Zayn, who's never been a heel, 
How do you bring him back from that if you want him to be the face again? How do you make him the heel against Kevin Owens as a face or a tweener? Uh, or do you have them both be healed? How does the crowd react to that? Like, it's a weird place to be in. And I mean, I'm all for this. At this point, it's it's hard not to speculate on WrestleMania matches. Yeah. Do we end up getting Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn at WrestleMania, which the, the, the indie nerd in me would love to see and the nerd for these two guys would love to see. I mean, these guys have main evented virtually every major indie promotion uh, with their feud. I mean, it's the reason why it's such a, they're, they're, constant feud their fight forever feud is such a big deal is that they have had major matches everywhere they've gone together and so it would be nice to see them have a wrestlemania moment but how do you get there with the current dynamic and how do you get back to whatever dynamic you would need for that match with you know with still enough heat on it i don't know how you do that this it's too early in the whole thing to have a festival of friendship kind of moment. It's too similar to the Jericho thing. I don't know how they do that. That being said, I will put this out there. If they do have a WrestleMania match, it should be a ladder match. I'm just going to say that. That's, mm. that's that's their match. So and and for those that aren't in the know, why would you say that? That's the match they've been they've been known for every other promotion. Sure, is okay. there is the ladder match, and well, it would they haven't done one in WWE is what I mean. They have been involved in matches with ladders at TLC. I believe they had that. Remember, they had that dragon suplex onto the onto oh, yeah. the sideways yeah, ladder yeah, yeah. that murdered Kevin Owens, and then they were in the, they were the, they were in the um, the Intercontinental uh, Championship ladder match at WrestleMania. I believe it was thirty two, where that was the first time they were both on the main roster, and once again Kevin Owens got murdered onto a ladder by Sami Zayn. So yeah, I I am all for them having just a blood feud ladder match at WrestleMania. My question is how the hell do we get there from where they are right now? And what does this do in addition? What does this do to the Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan dynamic? If you set these two against each other, because the whole time that's been built around those two uh, being Daniel Bryan or Shane McMahon being for or against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owen as a pair. Right. I mean, it breaks up the Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon thing too. It does. It does it go down as being one of those angles that just kind of, Started and then stopped, like the Triple H Kurt Angle uh, angle Maybe, that yeah. we that we saw kind of happen at Survivor Series, and then just go away. You know what I mean? Does it come back later? I don't know. I, we'll we'll have to see. Well, until then, next up we had a fatal four way match to determine the number one contender to face Bobby Roode for the United States Championship. Um, Rusev, Jinder Mahal, Kofi Kingston, and Zack Snyder. Snyder. Uh, Z- Snyder. Uh, Ryder, Zach Ryder. I'm sorry, Jesus Christ. I, I'm not sure. I mean, why as much as I would like that. to see the director of Man of Steel get beat up by Kofi Kingston, Rusev, and Jinder Mahal, no, we had Zach Ryder, uh, the man who got pushed off a stage in a wheelchair instead. This match was interesting. I, I wasn't sure why we're having a fatal four way for the number one contendership literally like a week after we just crowned Bobby Roode. Because it's one of the biggest titles on the show, uh, biggest championships on what? the show, and this is a, this is a great way to get all of mid card guys involved sure, together. Sure, but I mean, what happened to the open challenge? What happened to the the stuff that made this famous over the last five also, years? You don't, you don't always have to have open challenge. You know, I mean, there's only so many guys you can call up. Uh, it turns out they're supposed to have Adam Cole be the one who showed up on the pre-show on the Royal Rumble against Bobby Roode, and that that got switched around for some reason. You got Mojo Rawley instead. So there's only so many guys they could have an open challenge with right now, and not all of them are that exciting, a la the Mojo Rawley thing, which kind of left the audience feeling flat. So instead, I thought this was a great idea, which was to have a fatal four-way, and the right guy won. You had Rusev ending up putting Kofi Kingston in the accolade after what I thought was a pretty entertaining back-and-forth match. Every guy looked like I thought Jinder could have taken it at one point. 
I don't, and I didn't ever think Kofi or Zach were going to do it, but um, but it was definitely an entertaining match, and the right guy went over, and I think Rusev versus Bobby Roode is the right decision. I do too. I like that lineup. I like that pairing. Uh, I, I do. I think the crowd liked it too. The WWE Universe seemed to be very happy about it. There were some great moments outside the ring that were going on as well. I believe it was Aiden English that spilled. Uh, no, it was uh, the Singh brother spilled the tray of pancakes out of the hands of the New Day. Or was it Aiden English? I'm no, you're sure. right. Aiden English scared the yeah. scared a, a Samir Singh, the one that's not injured. Right. One of them bust his leg falling out of the ring a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it's Samir Singh. But yeah, he backed into the pancakes, and that made Biggie very oh, angry. Oh, not happy at all. Yeah. But then the ref kicked them all out anyway, so it didn't Sure, matter. and this was uh, this followed uh, Biggie continually throwing pancakes at Corey Graves uh, at, on the on the commentary bench. So sports entertainment. This, I'm all. This I'm, is the sports entertainment not, side. I was not mad at that. I thought it was funny <laughs> as hell. And then later in the show, Corey's still pulling pancakes out of his suit later, and just continuing to play it up. It, it's random as hell. Okay, but, hell? but back on back on back on track here. Rusev okay. is your number one contender. Yes. And we had a we had a couple of promos later where Rusev says he's going to beat Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode says he's going to beat Rusev. My question is, do we have a double turn here? Is it time? Is it time to turn Bobby Roode bad? How do you do that though with Rusev? I just have him have him beat him down, do some vicious be, shit. be heelish. Yeah. Whatever it is, cheat. You know what I mean? Rusev is so over right now, it would be a waste to not have him. This would be a great opportunity to keep Bobby Roode the, the championship on Bobby Roode, get Rusev truly over as a face, fully commit to him as a face. Um have Roode do some really nasty stuff to him, go heel keep the title and then have Rusev chase him this okay. and then and have that uh you know you've got uh what six eight weeks until the next until fast lane until the next smackdown pay-per-view you have plenty of time to build a nice hot feud between the two uh if we if we start this off now yeah and you know lord knows i i've definitely got a horse in the race i prefer heel bobby rude oh, of course but that being said i there's a reason i prefer it it's more entertaining and i think that at this point it would create a better dynamic in in their feud, if this is going to be a continuing feud, to have uh, Rusev go full face and Rude go heel. Well, with all of that said, I agree with you. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about Rusev and Rude. I think it could be a good double turn set up there. That, that being said, could someone tell Bobby Rude that there's eight letters in Glorious and you can't write one on each day of the week like he tried to do? <laughs> he had Rusev Day circled for next week, and then he tried to make that into the O in Glorious by putting uh, a GL on Sunday, Monday. And then there was too many letters. Anyway, whatever. I'm nitpicking. <laughs> we, got, it, we, we got to get through the rest of the stuff on this show that was mostly useless. Um, Ouch. Yeah. Uso, well, let's, first off, I want to I want to stop here in the middle of the show and talk about the graphics that were kept coming up and all of these. Oh, God. Yeah. Who found After Effects were, this week? Uh, just, it, was, it was like my, Microsoft Paint. It wasn't even uh, After Effects. Look, I, I get trying to be progressive. I get trying to be bleeding edge and doing more modern millennial-y stuff, kind of like that, Snapchatty kind of stuff. Man, you're messing with my TV. You're messing with my wrestling. Don't be doing that shit. I mean, bleeding edge. This is more like the scabby edge. This was dis- this was disgusting. Like every time someone's cutting a promo, they've got like the buzzwords popping out in this goddamn awful font, like just popping oh, on oh, like, no, no, no. as they're I saying wasn't it. even talking about that or the or, i was i was leading into the usos's promo that they came out to do which was fire i'll give them credit but between everything that where they said on lockdown on tv there was this jail sale door slamming with a sound yeah 
But I mean, it, what? It, it started off with their walking to the ring promo when they're backstage and they're supposedly speaking off the cuff and some guy in a production truck apparently has their script and is throwing up, you know, the, 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 the important words along with what they're saying. And then it continued while they were in the ring, like you said, with the graphics of the damn prison door, which, by the way, killed the audience on, on what should have been a good promo. It killed the promo. It murdered it dead. And it, they did this also for Rusev having a promo later. Bobby Roode had, a pro, had the promo we just talked about that they threw the, the words up in the middle of Daniel Bryan had a, had a promo where they do that thing where they do like what they're kind of doing now. It looks like it's a shot like selfie style on a, yeah. on a cell phone, which I'm not all in on, but I'm not out on yet. I just don't think they've mastered it. I thought that's a production change they've done that I don't hate yet. I think they could do better things with it. And some people have done a really good job with it. Mojo Raleigh, Baron Corbin have done some good stuff. Some of the women have done good stuff with it, but it's not 100% for me yet. But the damn graphics have got to go. No. They're freaking awful. I, I, I can see Vince just having a conniption fit about the, how that looked uh, on the main feed. Really? Yeah. No. Him especially. Absolutely. Really? I, I, ape shit about that kind of stuff. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in Vince's head. I don't know the man from, from Jeebus, but... I, I, I mean, it seems like the sort of thing that he would, he's like, well, that's what the kids want. Oh, fine. Just do it. Just do it. Damn it. Kevin Dunn, get on it. Well, the Usos got done with their thing. We got to see the Bludgeon Brothers again. Are we finally going to get to see the Bludgeon Brothers have a run at the Usos? Well, I mean, they did share a look. The Usos did their promo, and on the way out, the Bludgeon Brothers came out and didn't even look at them. Uh, the, uh, the Usos gave them a look on the way, and then the Bludgeon Brothers headed to the ring, and... Uh, Went to kill a couple of other guys, a couple more uh, local jobbers, little jobbers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although that being said, um, the the guy with the amazing on his tights, uh, they they always the, the local talent they get, they seem to always have connections. Like the guy they they beat up a couple weeks ago was Bailey's uh, fiance. Okay. So the guy with the amazing on his tights, that's that's Rory Gulak. That's Drew Gulak's brother. Uh, okay. And he's 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 been in CZW. He's in Chikara. They got another guy. So the last guy was from Chikara as well, right? right? So he's also from Chikara. He won the Johnny Kid Invitational last year. He's he's a very good wrestler. Um, and you can probably tell that from his cells actually to the to the Bludgeon Brothers, who of course murdered the crap out of these guys. But anyway, a little note on the jobbers. But the point is, is that the Bludgeon Brothers are still in squash land, and I would like to see them get an actual feud going with the Usos at some point, or just anybody that's not. Just squashing the Ascension, Tyler Breeze and, New Day. and Breezango. The New Day needs something to do. Uh, they don't need to lose the Bludgeon Brothers. I'm not talking about losing to the Bludgeon, but they need a feud. They, they, don't they have do a need feud. a feud, yes. And a great face team going up against a Healy kind of dark Bludgeon Brothers I think could be interesting. It could, but I think New Day needs to reestablish themselves with a win because they did put over the Usos uh, last, last year, so they haven't really done anything since then. Well, hey, moving on, let's talk about Baron Corbin and Ty Dillinger. Speaking of people who haven't done anything recently, right. Ty, Dill- Ty Dillinger <laughs> was back on my TV and he wasn't getting beat up by Sami Zayn. I yep. was very happy yep. about this. A couple of backstage segments setting all of this up, but it looks like well, we ended up having a match with Baron Corbin facing off Ty Dill- against Ty Dillinger. And beating him pretty soundly. Um, Okay, what was the point of this? Well, the point was, I think, to get some more heat back on Baron Corbin. You know, you had him go out very quickly, very early in the Royal Rumble kind of part of his character that's been established lately is he's a guy who squanders opportunities, whether just because of not keeping his eye on the ball or just because he's an asshole. And that's just, right. you know, that's just part of his thing. Yeah. So they, but they need to keep him looking like a guy who can beat you up. And so Ty is perfect for that because in the mode of like a Johnny Gargano or an NXT Sami Zayn, he is a guy who you just, you feel good about when you see him, even though he was a great heel in NXT, 
uh, he did turn into a face and a very good face. You do want to root for the guy. He's he has a great attitude. He's got a great presence to himself. Um, I'm a big fan of his. I wish he'd get a better push, but right now it looks like he's stuck in the enhancement uh, ra- hamster wheel. Uh, and sure enough, he goes out to the end of days, which nobody kicks out of. And you say what you will about Baron Corbin. He still has the most protected finisher, I would argue, in the WWE. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think this was a complete waste of time. It is a shame to see this happen with Ty Dillinger, but it's kind of the role he's in right now. And it's just a way to make Baron Corbin look legit again. Yeah. Well, next up, we had the Fashion Files back on TV. Sort of. Sort of. It wasn't really Fashion Files. It was Breezango with the Ascension having a little skit backstage where they're answering a whole bunch of Twitter questions, which was a cute little bit until American Alpha 2.0 shows up and uh, toss their table over and create a match between Breezango and themselves. Yeah. So, which was a match that happened and uh, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin won. So, this is... Uh, this is what Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin are doing after coming off of multiple title opportunities. Yep. Is now they're down here with the Ascension and Brizango. Yep. Okay. Yep. Remember when we were really hot about the tag, tag division over in SmackDown and yeah. it's kind of stagnating now? Yeah. 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 I'm not. Yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. They're coming off of the Rumble. I wish they were coming off a little hotter, to be honest with you. I think there's a lot of places that they could yet go, but SmackDown has been in a bit of a rut lately, and I don't think they've kicked out of it yet. Um, I think that they're still just, I don't know. They're still in a holding pattern. I want, I want to see some more exciting stuff happen. I like seeing Brizango back on TV. I like seeing them wrestling again, but this, unless this leads into a feud, that's got a little more weight to it. I'm uh, meaningless. It was a lot of this show felt meaningless. Um, although there was one thing that, that actually felt like it did have meaning, and that was something that happened in the women's division. Yes. Uh, Charlotte came out to give a promo and remind everybody how awesome she is. In street clothes, mind you, not in her gear. Uh, and after her promo, she's interrupted by uh, the Riot Squad. And Ruby Riot comes out to basically undress her, n- not literally, but... Uh, over, Where is your mind, sir? Over the fact that she is nothing without her father and continue to just berate her. Are we ever going to be able to talk down to Charlotte Flair that doesn't involve Ric Flair? Yeah, I'd like someone to find an angle with her where that doesn't involve her father. Right. That would be nice, please. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fine if she has some of the mannerisms like you can't get away from it. She's Ric Flair's daughter. Fine. She can do the woo. She can have the entrance music. All that. Fine. But let's find a more creative way to have heels go after her that doesn't involve running her down over being her daddy's daughter. Or running him down directly. Or having Charlotte reference, you know, like, hey, I w-, like what she said in her speech in, in this segment, I wish I had been in the, I wish I wasn't champ at that moment so I could be in the Rumble and come in at number third and last as long as some guy I know. Yep. Referencing her dad yes. in, ni- in 92. So, you know... <laughs> I'm I'm all for referencing that she's his daughter, but she's got to get out of that shadow at some point to me. And it's it's a nitpick. It's not a big deal. It's not it's not killing me, but it's it is something to note. Gotcha. That being said, the riot squad looked like crap in the segment yeah. again. That no one could take her one on one. It took all three of them to barely take her down. Um, she Ruby, did fight them off all three of them initially, and then they all ganged up. And then they all ganged time. up on her again and got her. But none of them looked like a credible threat. Ruby Riot is about as intimidating as a wet chihuahua. Um, and I love Ruby Riot, so that, that pains me to say. Uh, I'm not too high on Sarah Logan. I, I Liv Morgan is is pretty good. but She's on the up and up. Yeah, but I mean, Ruby is one that I really loved at NXT, and to me so far, her main roster has been just been flat. But uh, So they beat up Charlotte, and as they're leaving a broken Charlotte in the ring, who should come out? 
but Miss Money in the Bank herself. Oh, I forgot there was a contract out there. Yeah, I think I think most people kind of forgot about that because they only reference it rarely, and she never does anything about it. But Carmella cashes in her briefcase or tries to, uh, and then the ref holding the briefcase takes a bump out of the ring, and it was this great moment of like. Carmella screaming at the ref to get up and like kind of turning around like scared over her shoulder as Charlotte slowly gets to her feet. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's like the the tiger is getting back up. You're like, quick, quick, get me the gun before the tiger gets back on its feet. Come on. Yeah, it was a cool little moment. And Carmella, I love Carmella's character, the way that she just shrieks and screams like a la Vicky Guerrero ish, yes. you know, uh, it's it was a very fun moment. It definitely popped the crowd. They were like, oh, shit, are we going to see this now? Uh, but it we popped didn't. me up out of my chair for sure. Oh yeah, like oh crap, is this going to happen? <laughs> no, it was just here to remind us she is the she is the money in the bank holder. She ran away and did not officially catch it cash in. Yeah, the but bell it, never rang. That's but the, that's here's the, key. the thing. That's all we got for the entire women's division. Now, you know, we had the rumble two nights before this, but that's all the business we had. On Monday, we had Oscar versus Sasha tear the house down, and on SmackDown, we had Charlotte cut a promo. The Riot Squad beat her down. Carmella almost cash in, and then everyone else was AWOL. Uh, now, granted, Becky did have uh, a match after this in the Mixed Match Challenge, so sure. she was off doing that. But I have a question for you to kind of wrap up the, the overview of Raw and SmackDown for the week. Where was Ronda Rousey? Does it matter? It, I think it does, because you, you're going to come out, you're not going to say a word, you're going to point at the WrestleMania sign and interrupt the, the, the celebratory moment of Asuka, the first ever Women's Royal Rumble match winner, and you're going to not have them come out on the show afterwards to explain what was going on. Apparently, outside of story, she got back on a plane and went back to film yeah. a movie that she was on in yeah, Colombia. That's, that's the real Un- reason. I understand that. But at the same time, it's like, how do you how do you do that kind of reveal at the, at the end of the pay-per-view instead of on Raw or SmackDown to kind of define where she's going to go and at the same time not ruin... I feel like they just did it completely backwards. That being said, in defense of their decision here, and I, I did I did think that the way that they did execute it was very awkward and didn't really tell a strong story and did step on the toes of the women who competed in the match. If you bring her out on Raw or SmackDown, you're committing to her being on that brand. And sure. I don't think they have those plans set yet. They okay. gotta you know what I mean? Like I don't think they know what they're gonna do with her yet entirely. I think this is just there was a hot shot thing. They got her out there to try and create a moment, which they did, uh, but they don't have any other plans for her yet. So they they don't want to do that on Raw or SmackDown. Uh more people were gonna be watching the Royal Rumble, so that's the place to do it. So in defense of their decision to bring her out when they did, it made the most sense from a business and a storyline standpoint and a plan standpoint as far as what they've got in place. I, I just don't know if I would have brought her out at all until I had that plan worked out. Mm, but they wanted to create that. I mean, the Rumble is the place where the road to WrestleMania starts. Sure. You know, I know that's what they shoved down our throats, but it is true. That's when we start thinking about WrestleMania is once that thing ends. We now have two of our uh, people, two people in the main event at WrestleMania. We know, guaranteed, these are people in the in the main event. Ronda Rousey comes out. Now we know Ronda Rousey will be at WrestleMania. So that's three big things we now know about WrestleMania. That was arguably the best time to have her come out. I just think that how they did it was not as good as it could have been. Agreed. Well, that's all that happened on WWE this week. Well, at least on the main rosters, we've got some more to talk about over on NXT. So as we usually have the day after a take or the week after a takeover, we basically have an NXT that is it brings you up to date on all the feuds. And then we have a couple of matches that were shot at takeover, 
but then not put on the TakeOver special. So we had a few right. matches that they recorded in Philadelphia at TakeOver on this week's episode, uh, as well as some reminders of, of what has been happening and some, some build for what's going to be happening next. So, for example, we did have uh, Nikki Cross versus Lacey Evans, which was a, a, a fine match, a little short, uh, basically just reestablishing the characters that Nikki is a face and Lacey is going heel. And, and her heel character, I think, is going to work, mm-hmm. um, you know, being kind of the upstanding moral, you know, American moral compass kind of character, uh, referencing MAGA and all that kind of stuff. I, I like where they're going with that. We had TM61 coming back and having a triumphant return against the Ely brothers. Uh, they've been building TM61 for the last couple of weeks. So and they definitely looked hot coming back in. They looked great. The crowd is really into them. Uh, I thought it was the right place to bring him back. Was that this ta- was that this takeover? Even though it was shown the the week after. Yeah, and uh, you also had the Elys doing the old twin swap uh, gimmick thing again, which you know, fine. I mean, we saw it a, a ton with the Bellas. Uh, we've seen it Usos. with AOP and the Usos. Usos. You know, uh, so at the same time, it's it's is it a little long in the tooth at this point? I don't know. It worked. It, it got me. You know, I, I think it's more that we have to differentiate between the Elys a little bit. One, like we have to be able to tell them apart. You know, like we can with AOP, like we sort of can with the Usos, like we definitely can with the Bellas. Um, we need something to slightly differentiate them enough that we can tell the difference between them. But they also themselves need to have more character. Now, yeah. they're, they're, they've they got a great look. Um, they seem like they're talented. I think that there's a lot of things they could do with them. They just need to cement in some sort of angle or character for these guys. But uh, I, I definitely think they, they have a, a very high ceiling. And God, TM61 or the mighty don't kneel or whatever you want, whatever they're going to end up calling themselves. Uh, I think they could go a huge distance too, because they're talented as hell. Yeah. Well, speaking of tag team sanity versus going to face off against the undisputed era for the tag team championships next week, who you got winning this good grief. Where does this go? I mean, because neither one of them can really afford to lose at this point. They can't. I mean, sanity has to reestablish themselves as being contenders. Uh, but that being said, undisputed era should hold the belts for a while. I think, and I can't see the belts changing hands on a weekly show. So I've got to I've got to pick undisputed era to win this, but what kind of shenanigans go down to make that happen so that sanity keeps looking strong? We will have to see next week, but I'm definitely down for that match. I think it's going to be a blow off because these guys have feuded a lot. Yeah, but this is this is also sanity's comebacks. Remember, undisputed era beat them down backstage a few weeks ago. That's the storyline, at least. So yeah, yeah and I'll even be, coming going all the way back to like war games. You know, we really haven't seen that much of sanity since war games, since Wolf got his head split open and all that stuff. We haven't seen them be a core stable part of um, of NXT for for some time. So I'm happy to see them back back in the title hunt. All of those good things. I, I for me, it's not if but when they get called up. I think that's going to be our next big tag stable that goes up. Yeah, and I really do. They I hope they get called up as heels because they're definitely. I love them as faces, but they they work better as as scary heels. Yes. Uh, Chaos. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we had a strong Roderick Strong. I'm sorry, I said that. Roboteric Strong. Oh, stop it. Facing off against Tyler Bate to determine the number one contender for the WWE United Kingdom Championship. Wait, let me, let me do that again. Let me do it, let me do it uh, Gorilla Monsoon style. Yeah. Would you stop? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we, so we had Roderick Strong versus Tyler Bate for the number one contendership for the UK title. Uh, I actually thought Tyler Bate was going to win this and, and we're going to have uh, Pete Dunne, uh, Tyler Bate again, which I, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sick of it yet. Uh, even though they seem to be the only guys who fight for the title. But no, we've got Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong picks up the win in a very entertaining, albeit, I would argue, a bit short 
match. It was a little too short for me. They kind of rushed through a lot of stuff yeah. I thought could have been dragged out longer, but really well-worked match. Both these guys are fantastic. Um, and you know, we got Roderick Strong versus Pete Dunn for the UK championship. Yeah, they just, they're just dying to put a belt on, on that boy. And, you know, in before you get another video package of, of his terrible upbringing and all that stuff before the match. Oh, you're so jaded and bitter. Come on, man. Can't you, can't oh, you have man. a little heart, Nick? Oh, I've got a big heart, you know, but we've say seen so. it enough times. Please if don't do that so. shit again. Well, hey, Ian, what's uh, what's Well, how about how perfect would it be for Pete Dunne to, to crush Roderick's dreams again then? I would, uh, perfect, because that's exactly what's going to happen. Hey, what's uh, what went on down over at New Japan? I know we teased a little bit of this, of this oh, at the my top God. with the big news of what was going on. So tell me about... Uh, what's coming and what's happening uh, as Holy of this weekend in New Japan. Crap. You know, people often criticize New Japan for not having a lot of storyline and just having mostly wrestling. Yeah. This weekend was a lot of wrestling, but a lot of storyline. Um, if you've been following New Japan or if you've heard us talk about it here, the, uh, the legend of New Japan, the ace, the John Cena, name is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yes. He's been the IC champ ever since he beat Tetsuya Naito early last year for the belt. Uh, and he's been, he's been bringing back prestige to it. It was the whole point because Tetsuya Naito was literally destroying the belt because he felt it was beneath him. So Tanahashi got it back, and he's held it all this time. He's been working this entire year with a legit bicep tear. He's a mess. He's legitimately messed up. Uh, so they had a match this weekend. Uh, there was two Sapporo New Beginning shows. And at the first one, the main event was Minoru Suzuki, who you know I adore because he's the scariest heel in wrestling, in my opinion. It was him versus Tanahashi for the IC belt. And the story of the match was basically Minoru Suzuki destroying Tanahashi, just murdering him, crippling him, and putting him out, which is a great way in storyline to let Tanahashi go get a break, yeah. to let this poor man have a break to go heal a little bit. Not H-E-E-L, but heal up. And, uh, <laughs> and Minoru Suzuki to have a, what I think is a great, he's in a great position to be a nice, scary heel champion. And he just he just lost the never open weight belt to Goto at Wrestle Kingdom. A great way to get a belt back on him. He's better with the belt. He delivered a terrifying promo after this match, uh, which I recommend everyone go look up. They, there is a translated version up there. And How's his hair look, by the way? It's, it's fine. He doesn't have the big. He doesn't have the mohawk in the back anymore. That's gone. But he's, he's got the patterns all back shaved into nice. his head again. Nice. So yeah, man, Suzuki piling up the belt. He just won the uh, the tag belts over in Rev Pro with uh, with one of his Suzuki Gun members, uh, Zack Saber Jr. So yeah, no, that was exciting. I was I was excited to see Minoru get the Intercontinental Championship. I I I fear for the poor bastard who tries to take that off of him. Um, How but, long's Tanahashi out? Um, so right now they're advertising him coming back. Uh, not for he won't be here for Strong Style Evolved when they come to Long Beach. Strong Style Evolved, by the way, sold out in twenty freaking minutes. Good luck getting tickets for that. And, and we're here in SoCal. We missed out on it because Jesus Christ, twenty minutes. Couldn't no chance. Uh, That's what we got. Yep. But uh, yeah, so Tanahashi supposedly out for about two to three months. I think they should give him six months off at least. But we'll see, man. He's a he's a hard son of a bitch. This guy got he got he literally got stabbed in the back by his girlfriend one time, and he was back wrestling pretty quickly after that. Literally, somebody literally literally stabbed his girlfriend. Literally stabbed him in the back with with a knife. Yes. Wow. Okay. Hey, if anybody's out there listening by chance, and you do have uh, have your hands on some strong style evolve tickets, or I don't know New Japan, if you guys are listening to us, we would love to attend the event. We're right here, about twenty minutes away from Long Beach, so we would love to come and help cover the event. You have no shame, do you? Not at all. Give us tickets. Well, fair enough. All right. Well, in other news coming out of New Japan, and this is kind of the big news I wanted to put at the top of the show because deep breath. 
Uh, all right. So if you follow New Japan at all, if you follow WWE at all, you know of the the faction known as the Bullet Club. It was started by Finn Balor back when he was known as Prince Dev- Devitt. And then it was uh, then led by AJ Styles. Well, its current leader is Kenny Omega. And Kenny got there uh, on the uh, by uh, in the process, betraying his best friend uh, at the time, who you may, may remember from the Cruiserweight Classic, Kota Ibushi. Yes. So they've been kind of teasing uh, Kenny and Kota making up uh, for this for the last couple of months. They 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 saw each other backstage a couple of times. They're teasing it. So this weekend, Kenny Omega uh, loses the U.S. title to Switchblade Jay White in a complete upset. Uh, not the best match I've ever seen, but it's it's these days with Kenny Omega, unless it's a six star match, it's disappointing, right? Um, but it was it was a fine match. It was had some good good moments, good spots. But Kenny loses the belt, and afterwards, uh, uh, Cody, formerly Cody Rhodes, formerly Stardust, who is also in the Bullet Club and has been kind of butting heads with Kenny for the better part of last year over the leadership of the Bullet Club, right. comes out and they kick Kenny out of the Bullet Club. Cody has officially made a coup. In the Bullet Club, the, the Bullet Club seems to be splitting up. You've got the OG Bullet Club club members with Tamatonga, Tongaloa, and Bad Luck Fale creating their own little stable of the OG Bullet Club guys. You've got the Elite with Kenny Omega, and now and then uh, and the Young Bucks, right? Uh, that's the Elite, yeah, yeah, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega or the Elite, uh, and then Cody's coming in with Hangman Page, and and we're not quite sure where uh, Marty Skrull falls into all of this yet. He's but, starting his own by himself called the Villain Club. It's, it's, <laughs> he doesn't need anybody else. It's just his own club. Woot, woot. Uh, but no, th- so, th- so the whole thing basically fell apart. The Bullet Club disintegrated, and, and Cody and Hangman were beating up Kenny Omega when outruns Kota Ibushi for the save. Now, if you follow these two guys, the, the Golden Lovers saga, which is something that is, it kind of transcends any one promotion, the saga between Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi has lasted for years and is deeply emotional. And people who have followed it, there's some great YouTube videos about it. It's it's one of the most emotionally involving storylines in wrestling that's going on right now. To the fact that when Kenny's like sitting in this ring against the ropes, just all beaten up, and Kota Ibushi stands over him and reaches out his hand to help up his friend, and literally a giant tear falls from his eye as he does it and Kenny Omega like they stands up and they they hug and then this is the funniest thing they hug and streamers go off everywhere uh this you had women openly crying in the audience uh, at this show I got choked up because I've been following this for a while this was a momentous occasion in wrestling but it is like deep wrestling nerd, nerd moment wait was our girl there again no no one was no, Naito girl was not there, thank <laughs> God, to ruin this moment. But the big story is the Golden Lovers are back together. Wow. Now, so, and just outside of the kayfabe aspect of this, yeah. Kenny did say when he re-signed with New Japan recently, re-signed for another year, he said that there was more stuff he wanted to do there. And now we know, he 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 said after this all happened in an interview that one of the reasons he stuck around is because he wanted to make this damn Golden Lovers thing work. And he was basically pushing New Japan really hard to let him do this angle because he knew it would sell. He knew it would make money. So he didn't go to WWE because he felt there was unfinished business to have. And that was to have this whole angle with Kota Ibushi and to finish off this storyline. So that's what they're doing. They're actually doing it. And Kenny is staying in New Japan to have this whole angle with Kota Ibushi. I suspect they're a tag team now. I suspect they're going to, at the next big pay-per-view, they're going to go against Los Ingobernables, who are the tag champs. Uh, get the belts 
who knows? We'll see. There's a lot they can do with this. And with the whole follow-up from the Bullet Club stuff, there is a ton of action that can be happening over in New Japan. Mm. Lots of stuff going on over there. What's the next big pay-per-view we have uh, for New Japan to look forward to? Do you know? Yeah, we still have the new to be new beginning in Osaka coming with the February 10th. And then we've got the New Japan uh, Cup coming after that, uh, which starts on March 9th and goes through March 21st. Uh, and then we've also got Strong Style Evolved just after that here in Long Beach on the 25th of March. And then we start the road to Sakura Genesis. Damn. So, yeah, New Japan off and running. Well, hey, in other news, uh, Bobby Lashley's back to the WWE. Is this going to be something to do with Brock uh, beyond WrestleMania? Yeah, that's that sounds like what the goal is, is Brock's feud post-WrestleMania would be Bobby Lashley. Lashley's evolved a lot in his time in Impact. He's not the same kind of you know bad promo guy, just kind of there. Yeah. Uh, he's a lot better now, so I could see that being a big thing. It's not official yet that he's back with WWE, but it's looking very strongly likely that's where he's going. I'm not convinced Brock is still going to be a part of WWE. WWE after Mania. Well, and that's that's another thing. Probably, probably a thing. I mean, you imagine there's going to be a bidding war for him. Yeah, but uh, I can't imagine that UFC wants him back that bad. I can't imagine that the WWE is going to have him be another have another year of champion runs where he's not even on TV. I don't think he's going to have a champion run, but I don't know what would be the interest in having him without a belt facing off against Lashley. I don't, yeah. I don't see that being a huge draw, especially after the damage he's done to his. Uh, to people's perception of him in ring over this last year, because I don't know about you, but I, I, my perception of him as a wrestler has gone way down the tubes. Rock, yeah, oh, big time, yeah, so. big time. Well, hey, mixed match challenge continues roaring on with Team Little Big of Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman facing off against uh, Team Team Dublin, I guess, uh, Sami Zayn and Team uh, Ginger. Lynch. Team Ginger, yeah. I don't know. They don't. I don't think they have an official name, but. Right. Uh, yeah, so you said roaring on, though. Mixed Mass Challenge has been decreasing numbers every week, and the scuttlebutt is that people are not happy with how bad it's bombing, which is tragic because it's one of the most entertaining things WWE is putting out right now. It is. It, man, if you watch their like YouTube skits, their behind-the-scenes stuff, like just all of the promotional stuff they're doing for these matches, the Braun, character work. Braun teaching Alexa how to press a car. Oh, my you know? God exchanging clothes or yes. Sammy Sammy and, and Becky having their whole little thing where Sammy's trying to make Becky go heel and Becky's trying to make Sammy go face or even the stuff they had uh, after this match between so so obviously Team Little Big pulls off the win because who's beating the the Raw Women's Champ and the biggest guy in right in, in, no that's not happening so uh, yeah so Team Little Big wins and they had a, a cute little promo afterwards where Alexa's got the mic and she says that's right we're going all the way and Braun gives her look like, uh-huh, 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 Well, this was really? after they called, he called each other cute. That's right. It's, oh, I think she's kind of cute. Oh, I think she's kind of cute. Uh. I think you're cute, too. It's, it's absolutely freaking adorable. And speaking of adorable, uh, Becky corpsing like a son of a bitch with their, <laughs> with their post-match interview as Sami Zayn basically spends the entire time trying to get her to laugh. And she, he finally just breaks her down at the end, and she has to, she has to fake like she's crying, and he leads her off camera. This is the kind of stuff they should be doing more of because it doesn't feel scripted. It doesn't. It feels natural, and it's so engaging because we're seeing these people's real personalities. Braun is a funny guy. Yeah, he is. He's got good timing. He's got tons of charisma and character beyond just this guy who tips shit over. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they've got so much they could work with with him and Alexa Bliss too. All of the people involved in this, and that's just this week. Next week we've got uh, Gold Dust and Mandy Rose 
versus uh, Jimmy Uso and Naomi. Yep. So and I could think that could be a ton of fun too. All of these are going to be a ton of fun because it's kind of they're in their natural habitat without a script. Goldust is doing like a, an Alfred Hitchcock thing with his blonde bombshell for his side. I mean, come on. <laughs> this stuff is great. And it's sad that no one's really watching this. Uh, I would love to see this content somewhere besides maybe Facebook watch. Maybe that's what it is. It's I just think where that's, that's what, where it, that's it what is. I was going to say is I think that's what it is. Uh, it's such a new platform that very small percentage of people are familiar with. They're trying to put it over on TV to get people to go and watch it. And it's only going to be the people that are so heavily involved with Facebook on a day-to-day basis that are, that are going to know about this, that are going to go and watch this kind of stuff. Yeah, so. it's, it's tragic. I highly <laughs> recommend if you're listening to us, go check it out. Cause it is, and you have to do a little work to like YouTube clips and whatnot, uh, to find all no, the content. It's all, the, is well, it all on Facebook? Yeah, no, the, like, the before and after stuff. Yes. Is on yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Stuff. And that's the stuff you, you need to see as well. But literally really go good. to Facebook on your, desktop and on the top left you'll see newsfeed messenger and then right under that you'll see watch and it's got a little tv icon just click on that and search for wwe and you find it right away it's very and there's only three episodes you're not and they're each of them they're like 20 minutes yeah. So it's not a big deal. It's you can and get it's, through it pretty quick. And it's good wrestling too they're yeah. obviously having a lot of fun with each other out there yeah so yeah it's very, well worth a watch Alexa Bliss coming over and tagging Braun and then him just staring across the ring at Sami Zayn and seeing Sami just kind of deadpan, just shit his pants. Hilarious. I love this kind of stuff. Please keep doing more of it. Don't pay too much attention to the numbers. 205. 205. Live. Are we talking about 205 Live this 205 week? 205 Live. We have a new a GM. new GM and it is not Rey Mysterio. What? What? How, Damn it. What happened? How did you miss this opportunity? How, what I mean, maybe Ray doesn't want to go on the road right now. He just came back for a one-off of the Rumble. I don't, I don't, I don't know. All I know is that I'm not entirely mad at the GM they picked. I get it, but it's hard not to feel like it's a little underwhelming. Well, the new GM of 205 Live is Drake Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud, Rock, Rockstar Spud, H- who Rockstar Spud from Impact? What? 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 are you doing i mean i I, yeah i mean here here, okay like i said once you sit down and think about it it makes sense i think it's a good choice the guy's good on the mic he's entertaining he's charismatic he's definitely under 205 but (laughs) with all the options we were thinking about speculating about this this has to feel a little underwhelming yeah but I think in hindsight, we will look back and say it was a good choice. I okay. do. I will give him the benefit of the doubt. Me too. I am. I am optimistic. Skeptically optimistic. You, I am skeptically there optimistic. There we go. <laughs> well, hey, not to be outdone by that GM announcement over on RevPro, they're killing it. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Facing off against Tomohiro Ishii. Oh my God! Ooh. They beat the crap out of each other last time. I. It's. If you keep up on the indie scene, you know that Keith Lee, our boy Keith Lee, first of all, who we absolutely adore. The, and bask in his glory. We, we bask do. We in do. his glory. He is the most athletic big man, I would argue, in, in, in the indie scene, if not in all of wrestling. The yeah. guy is a freak of nature. Tomohiro Ishii, one of the baddest men in New Japan, the stone pit bull himself. This is going to be a slobber knocker. And this is the second time these guys have met. Last time they beat the crap out of each other. Can't wait to hopefully check this one out on RevPro. A couple other quick notes. Uh, Jeremy Borash, the the longtime announcer for TNA Impact, has just signed with WWE. He's oh, gone. Oh? I don't know where he's going to end up. Please, coach, get the hell out of here. Jeremy Borash on Monday Night Raw. Uh, he'll probably end up backstage. Please welcome my guest at this time. 
<laughs> well, maybe. We'll see where he ends up. He's a very talented guy. I think that could be a good pickup for WWE. Yeah. Uh, one last quick note on a, on a somewhat... Uh, sad note. Uh, and, and not to be outdone by uh, Strong Style Evolved selling out in 20 minutes. Our very own PWG, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, right here in L.A., sold out their latest pay-per-view, or pay-per-view show, big show, Neon Knights, sold out in four minutes. So much for getting a ticket to that. Well, we, we've got some strings we might be able to pull to get into that one. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. But, yeah, goddamn, four minutes, man. I mean, good, good, hey, congratulations, guys. You guys are killing it. Yeah, I, I love you guys over there. And, and I'm anxious to see some of the new talent come up. You know, some of the st- some of the guys that, and girls that were in pro wrestling girls have moved on. And I'm anxious to see what, what kind of oh, new yeah, talent Oh, yeah, we still got developing. the Lucha Brothers. We yeah. got Flash Morgan Webster in there. Uh, Zach Sabre will probably come back for it. Uh, you know, a lot of lot of guys. Sammy, Sammy Guevara is yeah. still over there. Uh, Chucky T. It'll be interesting so, to see if we still have Jeff Cobb, uh, Trevor, Travis oh, yeah, Banks, absolutely. all these guys you know, that have been kind of staples Travis of Travis Banks is currently the progress world champ, so I don't know if he'll come over for it, but Lord knows I'd love to see it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but speaking of killing it, we've been killing it this week. We're going to yes. be killing it next week. That's it for our show for this week, however, so please come back. Listen to our show next week. We will have continuing analysis and reviews of WWE Raw, WWE SmackDown Live, as well as NXT, New Japan, anything else we can get our grubby little mitts on. Come back and check us out. We'll be doing this again next week. Absolutely. And don't forget to come over to Facebook and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Hang out with us. Read some funny memes. Read some news articles. Tell us what you think. We had some great analysis conversation going on in there for the Royal Rumble this past weekend, and it was a lot of fun. Come on in there and join us. Also, don't forget we do some live tweeting over on Twitter for all of the live shows as they go on each week. Hit us up at BWO Podcast. And if you want to rock some sweet swag, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. Pick up a t-shirt, coffee mug, phone case, some stickers, anything you can think of they've got for sale over there. And in addition, as I said at the top of the show, hit that like, share, subscribe, give us five stars, give us feedback on whatever kind of podcast app you are using right now. We could use it and we'd love to hear the feedback. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. Bye-bye! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.